Okay, Friday afternoon in the Ontario government, they're budget-making lots of promises to drivers yesterday. And for more on that part of the story, let's welcome in our friend Kenneth Bocour, host of the EV Revolution show on YouTube. Kenneth, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Okay, let me address this first, because you and I have talked about this several times over the last uh, few weeks. Was there anything at all in yesterday's provincial budget for EVs, any promise of restoring that provincial rebate? No, unfortunately, Jeff, there was uh, nothing in there. Um, Seems that they're not going to do that, and I kind of called that uh, a while ago, so I wouldn't get any hopes up there. There's really zero for EVs in that. There might be some public infrastructure monies, but uh, nothing else that I could see. All right. What about the other parties? Have you seen anything? I know the NDP specifically released their platform earlier this week at the beginning of the week. I'm not sure if we've got all of the the details yet from the Ontario Liberals, but uh, are there any promises being made when it comes to EV rebates? Yeah, the NDP and the Green parties have both come out to look to bring back incentives, EV incentives, purchase incentives. If they get elected, there's varying amounts. I think something around the the ten or or eleven thousand dollars I've seen, um, and of course money for charging infrastructure and and some other programs. But I haven't uh, seen anything from the Liberals yet. Okay, that ten or eleven thousand that's combined with the federal rebate. Uh, that would be in addition, my understanding. I think that mm. the uh, Greens have come out with something around ten or 11000 individually, but I'd have to go back and check. But definitely you're in that ballpark. Interesting. Okay, let's talk a little more about the budget yesterday as it pertains to drivers overall. And we did hear, uh, Kenneth, some uh, tweaks about some tweaks to auto insurance uh, rules that would maybe allow, and boy, stop me if you've heard this before, for more choice and ensure fairness for drivers when it comes to auto insurance rights? Yeah, um, we have heard this before. You're absolutely correct. And what they're looking to do is work with the insurance companies to try to get them to provide more options for uh, auto insurance plans and, and look at customizing auto insurance more on a personal basis than what we see today where I think a lot of the insurers will use, you know, where do you live? What's your postal code? Uh, what part of Ontario do you live in? And base a lot of the rate structure around that particular geography that you tend to live in and you tend to drive in. Okay, would that make a difference, uh, what we saw yesterday from the uh, Conservatives? Because, again, this is an age-old debate that's gone on really for uh, decades when it comes to drivers and insurance companies and trying to find some sort of, you know, again, I'll call it uh, fairness, that people are just looking for fair auto rates. A lot of people feel they're overcharged. They feel like they don't even want to use their auto insurance because if they even dare use what they've been paying for, the rates are going to go through the roof. Is there anything here, Kenneth, that would suggest that we could see some substantive change? Um, I haven't seen anything really that that would be moving the R6 forward at a great pace. I mean, the government wants to hold insurers accountable for tracking and reporting fraud as well. That That's one of the areas that tends to drive up insurance rates is the amount of fraud that's out there because insurer, insurers are paying out all this money and, and uh, unknowingly in, in a lot of cases are being frauded. So there's an emphasis to to be able to provide lower rates to consumers if they can get a grasp uh, on the fraud situation and be able to lower the money that they're out there. But certainly, uh, you're correct, Jeff, there needs to be that fairness out there for uh, for us for consumers in the automotive uh, insurance marketplace. Um, it is really hard sometimes uh, to get fair rates uh, because of where you live or the, the, you know your driving habits. I mean, obviously, a lot of the, the uh, rating is dependent on your particular um, auto um, 
and if you made any claims, if you have any tickets, accidents, things like that, there's a personal side to it. But a lot of it is still uh, based on where you live and those metrics. Yeah. Is there enough transparency and is there anything from the conservatives in their budget when it comes to adjusting auto insurance in the province when it comes to transparency? And by that, Kenneth, I guess I mean or I'm asking. Yes, sure. They say that uh, they want to crack down on fraud. And we've heard that uh, time and time again, that that adds to auto insurance rates for individual drivers across the province. But if they did indeed accomplish that and crack down on fraud, do we know how much that really, truly affects insurance rates uh, in the province? And are we sure if that crackdown happened, that that savings would be passed on to drivers? Yeah, it's a great question. I don't have any numbers that I could dig out. There were some costs uh, about, you know, the, the the recent license rebates and the fees that we got that cost the government about $1.8 billion, So that was a different thing. Uh, you know, the insurance, it, it's a huge market in Ontario, right? One of the most populous provinces. We have a lot of vehicles on the road. Um, it's going to be something that the province, whatever government continues on past June, uh, will have to continue working with the automotive um, companies, uh, insurance companies, to try to see how they can help them to be able to extend lower rates and more fairness to consumers there. But it is a tough thing. I don't really have a lot of concrete data to provide on this issue at this time. All right. Just finally want to ask you about the $21.5 billion in spending promised when it comes to uh, highways uh, in the province over the next decade, the next uh, 10 years. Just uh, how much relief do you think this is going to provide uh, drivers when it comes to things like a gridlock and congestion out there? Well, Jeff, I would love it uh, if it did provide relief. I mean, a lot of that money is is towards the Highway 413 and the Bradford Bypass, uh, which are the two main projects that are back uh, being greenlit. Uh, However, there are decades of research, Jeff, that show that in the long term, new highways and widening of roadways and things like that actually attract more traffic instead of relieving it. So I'm really critical about this spending and whether or not it's actually going to relieve gridlock. There may be a short-term gain when these highways eventually are built out in the sections and they're they're initially opened. But we just keep, you know, we have a lot of uh, population moving around in Ontario, a lot of vehicles per family. So I don't know if these are actually going to ease gridlock or not. All right. That's really interesting, uh, that study that I think to most people, most drivers would occur. Yes, just give me a little more real estate, some more asphalt to uh, drive on, and that would make things much easier for us all. But again, the study suggests that uh, that would just allow more cars and more drivers out there. Absolutely correct. I mean, if you've driven across the 401 uh, anytime during a weekday, they've widened a lot of those stretches, but there's still a lot of gridlock out there, sometimes a little less because we're still in the post-COVID you know, hybrid mode, but on a regular uh, commuting day, it's pretty busy. All right, Kenneth, we'll leave it there. Appreciate it as always. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you. You too, sir. Thank you. Kenneth Bocour from the EV Revolution Show on YouTube. And that does it for our time here on this Friday. Thanks, as always, for yours. Enjoy your weekend as well. And we'll meet you right back here Monday afternoon. Hi, it's Shauna. And I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan. And I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.